Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 23rd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it's been a pretty tough week for gold. Prices slipped a little more overseas Friday morning, and it looks like we're headed to the sharpest weekly drop in two and a half months as the dollar has strengthened. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 1330, silver is at 1663, and the silver gold ratio stands at 80.19. The dollar index was up 0.2% at 89.883. It reached a 10 day high of 90.235 on Thursday after hitting a three year low of 88.253 late last week. More talk about rising interest rates and increasing inflation helped boost the dollar. Some of the folks over at the Fed are trying to tamp down on these expectations a bit. On Thursday, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard said policymakers need to be careful not to increase rates too quickly because it could slow down the economy. Dallas President Robert Kaplan also chimed in, saying that three interest rate increases in 2018 is a reasonable base case, pushing back against the notion floated by some on Wall Street that the Fed may go with four rate increases this year. Kaplan told the Vancouver Board of Trade the Fed should move patiently, gradually, and deliberately to raise rates. I'm not buying any of this, at least not in the long term. Interest rates are going to push upwards significantly. They already are, and I think the Fed is going to reverse course and try to push them down at some point. As Peter Schiff has been saying, the Fed will ultimately sacrifice the dollar on the altar of the stock market. When things really start to tank, the Fed's going to try to blow the air back into the bubble. After all, that's what they do. Ten-year Treasury yields flirted with 3% this week, hitting a four-year high of 295 Peter was on Fox Business yesterday to talk about it. He told Liz Clayman that gold is going to go ballistic before all of this is said and done. The dynamics in the bond market are really pretty interesting. 3% isn't all that high, but the thing is, it's going to go a lot higher. It has to. It's a function of all of the government debt. We have $20 trillion in debt right now, with more spending coming down the pike. We also have a vicious cycle in place where rising rates means that government will have to pay more to cover annual interest payments, which means more borrowing to pay for increased spending, which means more debt. On and on we go. The bottom line is the government is going to be borrowing a lot of money. As a result, natural market forces are going to raise interest rates back up to where they should be, and they should be a lot higher than 3%. We have record debt, record budget deficits coming, record trade deficit, a 10-year low in household savings rate. We have to borrow tremendous amounts of money, and the world is not going to lend it to us at ridiculously low interest rates. These rates are going to normalize quickly. We've seen this show before, but we have even more debt than we did in 2008, exponentially more. As Peter explained during his Fox Business interview, when we were doing trillion-dollar deficits under Obama, the Fed was doing a trillion dollars a year in QE. So now the Fed is doing no QE, and the Fed is actually threatening to shrink its balance sheet, which means the Treasury is going to have to sell extra bonds to pay off the Fed. So the amount of debt that we're going to be selling is unprecedented. Supply is going to go off the charts, so price rates have to go up. That means rising yields. And the markets just don't seem to understand exactly how high rates are really going to go. So at some point, this is all going to have to catch up with the stock market. The bubble's going to pop. At that point, the Fed will drop rates and go back to QE to try to pump the bubble back up. But I don't think it's going to be able to do it this time. And meanwhile, the dollar's going to collapse. 
This is why I think investors are wise to hedge with gold. Earlier this week, the World Gold Council released a report showing gold was an effective hedge during the stock sell-off earlier this month. You can check out that report over at shiftgold.com news. But in a nutshell, the price of gold rose as stocks sold off. As stocks partially retraced their losses, gold tended lower. Some investors were disappointed in gold's performance after the market dip because it didn't sustain its rally. But gold actually performed consistent with its historical behavior, according to analysis by the World Gold Council. The stock market plunge was sharp, but short-lived. Asian stocks were already bouncing back in the early hours of February 6th. The market fell again on February 8th, reaching weekly lows on Friday, February 9th, but recovered from that point. By Monday, the Dow had retraced half of its maximum weekly loss, and European stocks had regained about 30% of their value. So gold dropped about 0.8% between Friday, February 2nd and Monday, February 12th. But as the WGC noted, it still outperformed most assets on the week, other than treasuries, and reduced portfolio losses, providing liquidity to investors as market volatility rose. The main takeaway from this report is that even in this short-lived dip, gold did what it was expected to do. And as the WGC noted, gold's effectiveness improves when market corrections are wider or sustained for longer. In our view, the recent sell-off is a good reminder that gold can deliver returns and reduce risk in portfolios, the World Gold Council said. So there's a lot of debate about whether the stock market hiccup earlier this month was a healthy correction or a prelude to the big crash. I lean toward the latter. I think this was a preview for a horror movie. Now, you want to own gold before the crash happens. Now is the time to buy, not when stocks are falling through the floor and the price of gold is skyrocketing. You can't create a hedge after the fact. I want to touch on silver a little bit today as well. I came across an interesting article by uh, Andrew Hecht over at Seeking Alpha. I'll link to it on our show notes page. He gives us a pretty good breakdown of what's been going on with silver over the last year or so. Over the last few weeks, the silver-gold ratio has been above 80. So what does this mean? Simply put, right now it takes about 80 ounces of silver to buy an ounce of gold. Quite simply, that ratio is out of whack. Over the last 50 years or so, it's averaged around 55 to 1. And if you go back farther, that average is even lower. Like, historically, all time, it's about 16 to 1. So when that ratio is above 60 to 1, silver is, is historically cheap compared to gold. Or you can look at it this way. Gold is expensive compared to silver. Right now, silver is on sale. The last time the silver-gold ratio was at its current level was back in February 2016. That high ratio came a few months before the prices of both gold and silver took off to the upside and reached their most recent highs. In early July 2016, following the shock of Brexit, gold reached a peak of $1,377.50 and silver was trading at just over $21 per ounce. Lately, the price of gold has been flirting with those 2016 highs. It got up to $1,370.50 at the end of January, but silver is nowhere near that level. Now, silver is definitely much more volatile than gold, mainly because much more of its demand comes from industrial uses. Hecht compared silver to a rubber band. Stretching a rubber band tightens the tension, and when it eventually snaps, it can sting. Right now, the silver market is a rubber band that could be about to snap. In other words, it could make a sudden, violent move. It seems likely that this would be to the upside, given the current silver-gold ratio. 
Supply and demand dynamics are also positive for silver. Like I said, industrial applications represent a big chunk of silver offtake. This was true in 2017 as demand was up. According to the Silver Institute, industrial demand will continue to grow in 2018 with the solar energy sector leading the way. It also projects a steady increase in silver jewelry demand in 2018 after an increase last year. Meanwhile, global mine output has dropped over the past two years, and that trend is also expected to continue. When something is on sale, that's the time to buy. Silver is obviously on sale, and I'd argue that gold is on sale as well if we look at what's coming down the pike. I think the price of both is going to be increasing in the near future. To learn more about investing in silver as well as gold, you can talk to one of our Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialists today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show, and I'll talk to you again next week.